Hi everyone, it's me, Sonia Rita. And I'm disgusted, but my name is, <laughs> is Mora May, and welcome to What, what the, the Fuck? <laughs> what is wrong with you, Diva? I don't know, I think it might be the sugar. I just had a cranberry bliss bar from the books, and I'm drinking a toasted white mocha that tastes like dirty cereal milk. Mm. So you're on one. Mm. Okay, work. Well, I'm going to be the voice of reason this episode. <laughs> and I'm going to be the voice of cock. Okay, so <laughs> this week we wanted to give y'all a little bit of your drag history. Yeah. So we're each going to highlight three queens. Um, who we look up to um, and who have blazed a trail for um, performers like us. Three queens stand before me. Do, 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 do. <laughs> but before we get into those six queens, let's hear a word from yes, our sponsors. Our lovely sponsors. So, as we said earlier, we're going to highlight three queens who have inspired us or blazed a trail for performers like us. So, uh, I will be talking about black transgender um, performers. So, we'll start um, with Marsha P. Johnson. Um, Marsha P. Johnson was born on August 24th of 1945 um, in New Jersey. And... Marsha is the reason why we have queer rights. Yes. Um, I think a lot of people need to like reflect on the fact that black trans women are the reason why we can get married and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So just remember that. Um, Marsha's name, Marsha P. Johnson, the P stands for pay it no mind. Um, and uh, it's really awesome that um, she put in her own name, um, the sort of like mindset that you know as a queer person you're going to experience a lot of bullshit but keep pressing keep pushing forward and for me that's really really inspiring marsha p johnson um was a drag mother um and back in these times it wasn't just somebody you like hang out with and shows you the ropes of drag um drag mothers were helping homeless people and struggling lgbt people um taking them into their homes and um so sort of doing stuff like that um she was also um a successful drag queen um with the hot peaches um was that like a a drag group yes yes the hot peaches were a drag group um marcia always put her um needs after everyone else's and she struggled with a lot of mental health um issues she was in contact with her biological family and returned home um for the holidays and she would actually invite um folks in to have a meal with her and her family um and she um never would like come home without something for her nieces and nephews um she would bring trinkets and flowers and um Family was really important to Marsha. Um, and I think, like, it's important that we as queer performers create that family with other queer performers and with our audience. Right. It's inspiring to read uh, Marsha's story. Um, Marsha was at Stonewall during the Stonewall riots. Her um, and Sylvia Rivera um, co-founded Street Transvestite Action Revolutionaries, or STAR, and became fixtures in the community helping homeless transgender youth. STAR provided services including shelter to homeless LGBTQ people in New York, Chicago, California, and England for a few years in the early 70s. 
Unfortunately, July 6th of 1982, um, Marsh's body was found in the Hudson River off the West Village Pier. Um, The police ruled it a suicide, um, but the community does not really believe that Marsha committed suicide. Um, And about 25 years later, um, the case was reopened, but there is no conclusion to said case. So that is the story of Marsha P. Johnson. Thank you for relying that information to us. Yeah, of course. So thank you, say thank you to a queer black woman today. Yes, and I think a lot of queer people know who Marsha P. Johnson is, mm. but I don't think enough queer people know her story. Absolutely. Like, people constantly pull her name, but it's like, do you know who this person was? Exactly. And it's some part for us to actually know who she was Mm -hmm. and know her story because it's really a reflection of how society was back then, how it's changed, how it's the same. Exactly. And, you know, it's important for us to learn from history and take, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's not even that far back. No, this was, so, this was, uh, 19... 82 exactly. so like it or 92 excuse me um so it's not that far away i was five years from being born when marcia p johnson right. died and there's so much um, we can learn from looking back at queer folks from back then absolutely the saddest thing is that um the murders of black trans women still are going Facts. uninvestigated um so um if we can have like a little action moment for our audience. I want you to uh, try to find a queer black uh, organization and see how you can help them out. Yeah. Leave us a comment on Spotify. Tell us about, you know, a local queer black trans organization in your area Mm -hmm. and we can give them a shout out. Absolutely. Next episode if we have enough responses. Please and thank you. We appreciate it. Yes. So I'm going to switch it over to you. Who do you want to talk about first? Hmm. Mm, I'm going to go with a person who goes by many names. Ooh. Many, many names. Ooh. They have held many titles in their life. Oh, cool. They've been a politician, oh. a drag queen, Work. Uh, a founder. Iconic. Yes. We are talking about the, the Grand Mayor, the first absolute empress this San Francisco. Um, and then the Widow Norton, also known as Jose Julio Saria. Uh, like I said, uh, she has held many titles. Um, but the biggest one is being the founder of the Imperial Court System. Um, she was a drag performer at the Black Cat Bar, and, Mm. uh, oh, let me tell you about her birth and everything. I forgot about the birth date. Mm. December 13th, 1922. Just under five foot tall. Oh my god. Oh, this we man love was short. This man queen. was short. Um, but yeah, they, you know, they were fluent in many languages, mm-hmm. probably English and Spanish. It doesn't specify here, uh-huh. but I'm assuming English, English and, and Spanish. Spanish. 
Um, and they also ended up running for office. Mm -hmm. So there was a lot of police pressure in the 1959 San Francisco mayoral election. Mm -hmm. Um, And as we know, the police force in a lot of places, especially at this time, Mm -hmm. um, were homophobic. Because, of course, you know what I mean? Well, the police forces really still haven't changed, so. Exactly. And something that's interesting from this time period is Mm -hmm. that, especially in this area, specifically San Francisco, Mm -hmm. is that there were anti-cross-dressing laws, laws, right? Exactly, yeah. But here specifically, uh, she found a loophole. Yeah. Uh. So the law uh, made it illegal to impersonate females. Uh Uh-huh. We're not impersonating females. We're just dressed in dresses. We're just boys dressed in dresses. Oh, iconic. So what, what Miss Mam would do is she would go around to the drag show she was a part of, uh-huh. and she would hand out little cards that read, I'm a boy, so people wouldn't get arrested. That's iconic. We love looking for loopholes. We love that. Wow, Absolutely. what a legal-minded icon. I know, right? Um, she didn't get enough votes to win. Ugh. Um, but honestly, just having someone Run? who is queer, Latinx, Latinx uh-huh. sorry, I keep trying to say words in Spanish and in English at right. the exact same time, <laughs> Latinx mm-hmm. and a drag queen to run for office. In that That's time. just iconic. I mean, have we seen it recently? Oh, no. Maybe there's, I mean, there's maybe. Well, maybe, actually. Yeah. Probably in local office, well, but. There's actually someone named Maybe who. No. Um, I'm not sure if this is the name they go by outside of drag, but in drag, they go by maybe a girl. That's so yes. funny. Oh my god. <laughs> Which is funny because we're like, maybe there's someone who's run for office. Yeah, it's yeah, maybe. maybe. Work. <laughs> well, shout out to maybe. Yeah, shout out to maybe. Um, so yeah, so after the black cat bar fell mm. after its demise, is how it, this is worded here, uh-huh. by the way. I'm not wording it like that. <laughs> After um, she died, Diva. She helped find uh, the Society of Individual Rights. Work. It was called Sir. So it came from the split between Sadia and Straight over the, di- the direction of the LCE. And the supporters wanted to focus more on publishing the group's newsletter. Mm-hmm. And the backers wanted to focus on street-level organizing. So they wanted to incorporate politics and social work and community work. Um... So they started calling her the uh, the widow Norton because Work. of that split. Right. Absolutely. Um, she also assumed the title of Empress, Work. led by the establishment of the Imperial Court System. Work. Um, which is also a nonprofit mm-hmm. uh, organization. And did you know that it actually is in Canada and Mexico as well? I did. I did I know did. that. Yeah, apparently they also had a restaurant or helped with restaurants. Oh, wow. Yeah, absolutely. Holy Very shit. busy Busy, life. busy bee. Bi- definitely. Um, and in 2007, mm-hmm. Michael de Lorenzo portrayed Saria in a little mini-series called When We Rise. That's about uh, the modern LGBT movement. So wow. If you get the chance to watch that. We have to watch oh, that. Oh, yeah. Oh, I would God. love to watch that, even just for... You know, this representation. Absolutely. A thousand percent. Um, So I think it's my turn again. Yeah, absolutely. Um, The person who I'm going to highlight next was actually also um, represented in a movie, although (laughs) they represented themselves. I'm going to read a quote from them from this movie. (laughs) Let's see if you can guess who this is. 
I'll sue the bitch and she won't make money off my name, darling. She can make it off Harlow and all the other fools that will flock to her, but not Crystal, darling. Anybody but her. So I want to highlight Crystal LaBeja. Um, Crystal LaBeja actually changed the world of ballroom. Mm. Um, and she reinvented ballroom culture. Um, she was integral to making ballroom what it is today. Um, you can see Crystal LaBeja um, in uh, a documentary called The Queen. Um, it was following the 1967 Miss All-America Camp pageant organized by Flawless Sabrina. Um, Crystal was Miss Manhattan, competing against other queens from like Philadelphia and Brooklyn and other places. Uh, Crystal was third runner-up, and you can see her having a conniption. Um, Ooh, conniption. (laughs) In this movie, she goes off. Um... Crystal um, always felt that drag pageants um, favored white queens, um, and she was very, very frustrated with the discrimination that, like, black and Latinx uh, performers faced. Um, So, a few years after this, um, a drag queen named Lottie asked Crystal to help promote a ball in Harlem specifically for black queens. Crystal was a well-respected drag performer and had won a uh, title in a ball um, organized by all white queens, which was really, 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 frankly, impossible to do at this point. Um, so um, Crystal agreed um, on the condition that she could be the focus of the event. Uh, because of course, mother, you're not going to make money off of Crystal's name, darling. Um, and so um, from that, the House of Labasia, the lovely House of Labasia, um, which is still alive and running. Exactly. We actually have Labasias in Colorado, by the way. Oh, wow. Um, love that. Yeah. So shout out to the Labasias in Colorado. We love you. Um, and she became the mother of the Labasias. Um, and this was around 1970. Um, the event was called Crystal and Lottie LaBeja presents the first annual House of LaBeja Ball at up the downtown downstairs case on West 115th Street and 5th Avenue in Harlem, New York. That was the title of the event. So these wow, divas said, here's where you can find it. Here's what it is. <laughs> boom, boom, bang. We're in the title. This was the first um, ball to ever be hosted by a house. Okay. So in ball culture now, each house hosts a ball throughout the year. Um, and so it's really important. It's like their biggest event, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so... A house, in this case, I don't know if all of our listeners are queer and know this history, um, is a group of queer people that would provide not just support for those seeking family, but like protection, medical attention, money, et cetera, et cetera, to people um, who were queer and needed uh, a space to stay. So they were really, really important um, in sort of like allowing queer people to thrive in this time. in spaces like this, there would be no racism because it wouldn't be allowed. It wasn't tolerated. Um, so the success of this ball actually um, caused several other houses to pop up, including all of the legendary houses of Extravaganza and Ninja, um, which, like, again, still up and running. These houses were, like a place of refuge for queer people in New York and still serve as queer refuge today. Um, uh, Since Crystal's Ball, 
most most balls are hosted by houses, like I said earlier. Um, and each um, each ball has a certain amount of categories, including voguing, butch queen in pumps, legendary runway. Uh, you know, it's the the category is blah blah blah. House of Labasia is also um, documented in Paris's Burning, um, but um, in Paris's Burning, Papra Labasia is actually the mother of the house because Crystal had stepped down. This article came out in 2018. So at, at, in 2018, the mother of the house Labasia was Kia Labasia. Um, you can see portrayals of Crystal Labasia um, by Aja on um, RuPaul's Drag Race. Um, and she's a Labasia now. Aja is a Labasia now. Mm -hmm. Iconic. Um, you can also see... Um, Pepper, or not Pepper, <laughs> Crystal, um, in the opening credits of Transparent. Um, and she was also featured on a Frank Ocean song um, on the album Endless. Who did you say was the mother in 2018? In 2018, the mother was Kia LaBeja. So right now it's Victoria LaBeja. Work! So shout out to the LaBeja, shout out Kia, shout out Victoria. Yes. Iconic, legendary. Um, yeah, so... Uh, you know, Crystal LaBeja was so important to, um, you know, giving black and brown queer people a space to exist. Um, and, you know, her words ring true. Um, you know, when us black trans performers are saying something and other performers are like, your colors are showing, we simply have to say, I have a right to, sh to show my color, darling. I am beautiful. I know. I'm beautiful. Ooh. I love that. <laughs> Honestly, something that I love about, you know, her story and her life mm -hmm. is that, and honestly, just, this is, this goes for a lot of folks who have started houses mm -hmm. and movements, honestly. Right. Um, is that we can see their 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 roots right. coming out in so many different places. Like you said, there are Labajas here in Colorado. Mm -hmm. There are, you know, Labajas all over the country. Right. Probably all over the world. I think because, so. <laughs> because she has touched so many people mm -hmm. that like, you know, even let's say it all started in New York, right? Mm -hmm. It's People move. Exactly. That's what we do as people. So mm -hmm. that love and that energy gets passed down everywhere those people go. Mm -hmm. And it's just amazing to see like that effect. Mm -hmm, absolutely. And it's still thriving. Exactly. I do want to let y'all know, because I don't know if y'all think that she is still alive, but unfortunately, Crystal LaVeja did pass away in 1982. So rest in peace, Crystal. We love you, and we still feel your love today. Absolutely. Thank so you. who do you want to talk about next, Diva? So now I'm going to talk about another trans uh, diva. Work. Her name is Lady... Gatiria. Ooh. Mm -hmm. So her name out of drag is Gatiria Reyes. Um, her birthday isn't known, but she was born in 1959 mm -hmm. and died May 3rd, 1999. Wow. 40 years. 
These people uh, all died so young. I know. So young. It breaks my heart. So like I said, she is of Puerto Rican descent. She was a performer, mm-hmm. a film actress, Ooh. a beauty pageant winner. What? And she was one of the main uh, performers at the New York City Latino nightclub called La Escuelita. Oh, wow. Which means the little school. Oh. Um, she was there for two decades. Wow. And she won uh, a few titles. She was Miss Continental in Chicago. Shut the fuck mm-hmm. up. Towards the Iconic. end of her life. Iconic. Uh, and she was a big advocate for AIDS awareness. She mm-hmm. she uh, had AIDS as well. Oh, wow. Yes. So mm-hmm. she began her career at the young age of 19 years. Wow. What an yeah. icon. So she actually started out impersonating. She uh, impersonated a... Uh, a celebrity named Iris Bella Chacon, mm-hmm. uh, who is also a Puerto Rican dancer, singer, actress, and entertainer. Work. Absolutely. So she moved to La Escuelita, um, where she developed like a large following. Mm-hmm. Uh, where she would do a bunch of lip syncing and, uh-huh. uh, you know, just performing, right? Having the fun times. Um, she. Like I said earlier, uh, ends up performing in beauty pageants. She won Miss Continental Plus. Oh, mm-hmm. word. Yeah, because she was a little older when she won, right? Mm-hmm. But then she decided to compete in Miss Continental. Work. So she went to Miss Continental Plus first and then Miss Continental. Work. What an icon. Um, she, oh my gosh, it tells us how much she spent preparing. How much? Wow, $20,000. Holy yes. fuck. Um, the same year, she appeared in Tu Wong Fu, Thanks for Everything, Julie Newmar. Work. And she starred in, um, oh wait, no, it says a film starring Wesley Snipes, Patrick Swayze, and mm-hmm. John, Italian last name. Let me see. <laughs> Leguizamo. Where is that? At the top. Oh, John Bean. I don't know. John Legume. <laughs> <laughs> She announced in 1996 during Miss Continental that she was HIV positive. Wow. Uh, For this occasion, she had a $1,800 gown made. Oh my gosh, they are specific in this. They are telling us exactly how much money she was spending. As they fucking should. Um, It was a plain black dress Mm -hmm. with an AIDS ribbon Mm -hmm. and a rhinestone collar. Oh, wow. Yeah, she also had her crown done over in red to match. So she had like the crown she won the year prior. Right. All red. Work. Um, she also played a pre-recorded t- pre-recorded tape explaining that she was sick and needed everyone's support, uh-huh. and then did her number. Wow. Yeah, isn't that that you have to be very vulnerable wow. to do that, especially at that level. Holy shit. Um, she received a farewell tribute at the La Nueva Escuelita nightclub, which is like the new little school. Right. So I'm assuming La Escuelita ends up closing down, and now we have. La Nueva Escuelita. She was unable to attend because she was going through chemotherapy. Uh, She was fighting Kaposi sarcoma lesions that had developed in her lung. Yeah. She ends up dying in 1999 due to complications to Mm -hmm. AIDS. Um, And she was eventually buried in her native Puerto Rico. Wow. Yeah. What a trailblazer. Absolutely. We love you, Diva. We love you. 
Well, I'm going to switch to somebody who's a little more recent. Yes. Um, and um, a lot of you will know who this is. Um, I want to talk about Lady Red Couture. Um, her name, Karimia uh, Baines, uh, she was born in... Um, she was born May 30th of 1977, and she died actually last year, July 25th of 2020. Um, she was a trans drag artist from WeHo, um, and you may know her from her hit web series with Johnny McGovern. Um, hey, Queen. She is remembered for leaving this massive legacy on West Hollywood drag. Um, she was a role model. Um, and so so she had worked with a lot of the drag performers um, from Drag Race. Um, and a lot of them paid their respects to her on... Um, on um, Instagram after her passing. Sorry, this is just really recent and it's just all hitting me. Um, if you want to uh, remember Lady Red, um, there is a, an episode of Hey Queen. Um, hey Queen, come on and spill the tea. Um, there is a episode called the Lady Red Memorial Special um, where you can get a little bit of a better glimpse into her life and her legacy. Um, I know that a lot of people said Lady Red was their mother hen um, and called her that as well. That's so beautiful. Um, and she would, you know, take care of people. She was she was a mother in her own right and respect. And um, we will all miss you forever, Lady Red. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Um, so then the last performer I'm bringing up Ooh. is Vaginal Davis. <laughs> she also goes by many names, <laughs> including wow. Vaginal Cream. Yes! That is so iconic. Dr. Vaginal Davis. Oh my gosh. She has a doctorate. Mm. Diva. Dr. Mm. Vaginal. Oh, God. But yeah, she was a, she's a performance artist, uh -huh. a painter, an independent curator. I don't know what that means. Oh, it's like an art curator. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A composer, a filmmaker, a writer. Uh, she was born and raised in South End, Central Los Angeles. <laughs> Bless you. Thank you. And she was born intersex as well. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, during the 1980s, that's when she gained her notoriety. Oh, wow. Um, and she was inspired by the drag in Bushwick um, and in Brooklyn. Uh -huh. uh, just very genderqueer artists. Work. She currently resides in Berlin. Oh, wow. She's still yeah, with she's us. she's still alive. Wow. So, earlier on in her life, so she was, she's mixed race. Uh-huh. Her father is of Mexican and Jewish descent. Uh-huh. And then her mom is black. Wow. What a yes. colliding of cultures. Holy I shit. I know. I, I want to go... Just be in their household for a day. Yeah, just to see what that's like. Holy <laughs> Absolutely. fuck. Um, but when she was born, uh -huh. obviously the doctors were like, this baby is intersex. And at the time, mm -hmm. doctors were like, if you're intersex, I'm not even at the time, currently. Either. Right. I was like, uh. Yeah. Intersex people still face discrimination from birth. Oh, so the doctor was like, oh, we got to do the snip snip. And right. her mom was like, 
mm, no, we don't. Right. Um, so from the get-go, her mom was very much an advocate for her. Wow. Um, and, you know. That's incredible. Yeah, absolutely. That's incredible because people don't even have that today. So I know. Wow. And f- to have it from birth, what a, you know, beautiful experience. Relationship to have. Absolutely. absolutely. So she gives credit to an ex- a certain experience for her catalyst of becoming a drag performer, and that's at age seven going to was going to watch Mozart's The Magic Flute on a school trip to the opera. So from the get go, she was like, music and drag, my life, uh, iconic. Mm-hmm. So she gets her name from the activist Angela Davis, right. And considers Davis's involvement in the Black Panther Party and activism as a whole to be one of her biggest inspirations as a performer. Fuck yeah. Uh, She's quoted saying, they came into the schools, they had guns and they took over. They were teaching us all of these revolutionary songs and chants and whatnot. At that time, when Angela Davis was the most wanted woman in America, I was just fixated with that image. I started to perform or tried to perform at these gay clubs in Los Angeles and Hollywood. Uh The people in in these clubs, they would look at me and say, Vaginal Davis, well, who are you supposed to be? And I said, well, Angela Davis, it's an an homage to that. And they'd say, well, who's that? They didn't know who Angela Davis was. Gag. These white gays, not knowing who Angela Davis was. Well, a and lot of she's people here being still don't know who Angela Davis is. So if you Absolutely. don't know who the fuck Angela Davis is, look it up, bitch. Something amazing about Vaginal as well is uh-huh. that they have been a part of a lot of musical groups. Work! Um, she's one of the founders of the Homocore Punk Movement. I am in love with I this know. Oh my and God. it says that she chooses to exploit herself to engage in rude provocations and gender fucking. Oh, Oh, and she self-labels herself as a sexual repulsive. (laughs) Me too, honestly. Oh my gosh, she's an icon. This is what this says, by the way. This Uh is not from my mouth, but it says she's an icon of the disruptive performance aesthetic known as terrorist drag. Okay. I love this. Goals. Uh, literally, I'm a drag terrorist. Goals. That's what I am. Absolutely. Work. That's so funny. Yeah, so some of the bands she was a part of were Afro Sisters. Uh-huh. Um, she helped... So the Afro Sisters opened for the Smiths on their first American Shut tour. The fuck up. Wow. I know. And then she was in another band called Cholita, oh. uh, the female Menudo, where she is assumed the persona of a 13 and a half year old Latina named Graciela. Oh, work. I know, right? And then Love an actress. Absolutely. It sounds like a lot of these bands were very focused in performance, not just musically, but like right. theatrically. Exactly, as well. yeah. Um, and then another band was the PME, which stands for Pedro, Muriel, and Esther. In PME, Davis performed as Clarence, a white supremacist militia man from Idaho. Holy fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit! Yeah, she was like... <laughs> oh. She she was a performance artist, baby. Period. Holy performance fuck. Artist. Um, so she ends up seeing backup vocals for Meadmore, and uh, she did that with RuPaul. God! Yeah, absolutely. 
And the first band that she released, not the first band, sorry, that's the wrong word. The first album that PME released was called The White to Be Angry. Gaga! I am gagged. Remember? remember? I can't say that. <laughs> can't say You'll that. have to tell me afterwards. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the White to Be Angry. That's such a good name. She now continues to perform and teach in Germany. So yeah, it doesn't say why she moved to Germany, but she ends up moving to Germany. Iconic. And that's where she lives now. Wow. Being the best her. I, Hopefully still being a terrorist of drag. You better work vaginal. <laughs> you better Icon work legend. vaginal. Wow. Vaginal cream day. Oh, delicious. Oh, well, I that was think, fun. Yeah, I think that was fun. Yeah. And I think it's really important that we know our history as queer people and as performers. So thank you all so much for listening to us prattle on about people who inspired us. Absolutely. And like I think something important to take away from this is that we are not special. And I mean that in like the best way. Mm. Like there are people like us from the past and in the present mm-hmm. and that's beautiful in my opinion. I agree. Like, you know what I mean? Like I agree. Something that I had to come to terms with as a queer person at an early age was feeling othered. Mm. Feeling like I had to be special. Right. I had to be different. Right. I'm, I'm no different than these people. Period. You know what I mean? Period. And... I am special, but my queerness is not what makes me special. There we go. There we go. I'm special because I'm me, baby. Period. And I think all of these people exemplify how being yourself... Um, is what makes you special. Exactly. And advocating for others is what makes you special. Yes. Um, and spreading the love. Exactly. So let's be a little more loving and kind to our yes. fellow drag performers. Let's stop being mean. Let's stop being shady. Let's stop being mean girls. Ugh. But I can't stop being an unfriendly black hottie, so (laughs) that's just something we'll have to deal with at a later date. (laughs) Um, If y'all want to let us know any um, performers who are iconic from the past, uh, who we should maybe look into, maybe do some research on, go ahead and leave us a comment on Spotify or wherever you're listening. Um, And we will see you next week. I have been Zamora May. And my name is Sonia Rita. And thank you for listening to What the Drag. We love you, Divas. Bye. Oh, she's she's holding it. You better hold that note, bitch. You better hold.